And um, I'm looking forward to really bringing this message to you today. Um, something that's really been on my heart. And uh, you know, one of the great things about being able to do ministry is to help in the process of providing spiritual growth. I mean, uh, trying to provide uh, some sense of a normal in a season of um, unnormal, I guess you could say right now. You know, you know we're, we're definitely experiencing life in a different pattern, different patterns forming, different patterns developing. And I, I do believe that it is safe to say that life is not normal in any sense. I mean, think about it. You have masks, you've got gloves, you've got hand sanitizers, you've got certain numbers of people allowed in a building. You have one minute you can open up and the next minute you cannot. And so we've got so many different things that are, are providing or, or uh, we are faced with, with regard to rules, regulations, guidelines. I mean, the other day, right? Um, I think it was Friday. I went to uh, one of our local establishments here on the island and I went to go in and I was stopped because there was too many people in the building and I had to sit outside and I looked and it was this massive line and I went, yeah, that ain't happening, you know? So when I say that we are definitely, you know, faced with a life that is a little bit altered, um, I definitely believe it's safe to say that. We hear things a lot, especially in season of, of unrest. I mean, you've heard it. I've said it to you within your own life. And that is simply this one phrase. And that is, hey, trust in the Lord, right? Trust in God and, and moments of uncertainties, anxiousness, moments of unrest, um, moments when maybe we are feeling all alone, moments when we're battling some sense of depression. We hear the phrase often, hey, trust in the Lord. Well, let me, let me ask you that. How do we do that? Seriously, like how do we fully trust in him? Practically, how do we put this into practice? You know, how do we trust God in these moments that could be considered as unrest? How do you trust God in moments when things are rocky within your relationships, marriages, um, kids rebelling, especially because you are now the homeschool uh, teacher in your home, right? Um, how do you trust God when someone that you love has been vulnerable and potentially could become very sick? How do you trust God when you're so concerned about everything that could be happening all around us? And, and we don't have a good grasp on what the foreseeable future may look like. But yet we hear the phrase often, hey, just trust in the Lord. See, anytime that life decides to throw painful moments, and right now so many people are in those moments where they're feeling that anxiousness and they're feeling afraid or, or possibly even feeling alone. How do we do this thing called trust in the Lord? How do we allow that and apply that to be a part of our lives. Well, what I want to do here for a few moments with you guys is I want to look at a few different portions in the book of Psalms and how we are to trust in God. All right. And, and I want to start in Psalms chapter nine, verses nine through 10. And the psalmist 
says this, the Lord is a refuge for the oppressed. In other words, if you are feeling hurting, if you are alone, if you're in that season of just uneasiness, or how about this, in the season of frustration, right? In the season of just like, I want to throw up my hands and be like, what next? What is it? It says, the Lord is a refuge in those seasons for the oppressed. He is a stronghold in times of trouble. You know, the strength that we have resides in God. The strength that we can grasp onto. You see, we have a hope that the world does not. As Christ followers, we serve Jesus Christ, who is our stronghold, who is our very strength. The psalmist said he is our stronghold in times of trouble. Those God who know your name, they do something. They trust in you. For you, Lord, have never, what, forsaken those who seek you. In other words, those who know your name trust you. And that makes sense because you're probably not going to trust somebody that you don't know. So if we know his name, and we're, if you recall, knowing God means having a closeness and having an intimacy with him. Any person that you have a closeness with you're going to trust. There's going to be a level of trust. You know, so we can understand this, that yes, God, I know your name. And even in this time of distraction and unrest and confusion, yet, Lord, I'm still going to trust you. Even though I don't know what tomorrow brings, God, I'm still going to trust you. I'm going to trust in your name. Well, what is the name of God and who is the name? What do we call God? And why does that really even matter? Well, you, what you call someone really matters because it really defines the relationship that you have with the person. Let me, let me say that again. What you call someone really does matter because it defines the relationship that you have with that individual. For example, my wife, Andrea, and uh, I, she hates when I do this, but I, I, I do it. I, I don't know why. Maybe because she's my wife. It's just part of it, right? You know what I'm talking about. But I, I call her babe. And she's like, my name's Andrea. I was like, but I call you babe. I'm not going to call anyone else that because I don't have that level of relationship. But see, the Bible says that we know God. We know his name. And we are to what? Trust in him. You know, for some of you here who are part of our church and you're watching us online and you're a part of our church, some people would call me Kevin Stanley. That's a telemarketer. That's somebody trying to gain information or gain something from me by saying Kevin Stanley. There's not that personal relationship. Others of you who might be new to our church, you might come to me and call me Pastor Stanley. Let me help you out. Please don't call me that. That's my father, not me, right? I'm not that old yet. Let's not go there, all right? Others of you might call me PK. Oh, well, I heard that one, right? All right. PK, why PK? Well, because I was a youth pastor at one time, and that was my nickname, PK. I'm cool with that. I'm good. Why? Because we have a level of trust. We have a level of closeness and an intimacy growing. And then others of you who are a part of our church will call me Pastor Kevin. And I love the closeness. I love the communication. And so does God. He wants that within us. So he wants us to know 
who he is. Because what you call someone tells you the effectiveness or tells you and defines really what the relationship is that you have with them. Now, so let me ask you this question. What do you call God? What does that relationship look like? How is it defined? And so what I want to do here for the next few moments is really break down several names that we get within scripture about who God is. And it's not the names that you might be thinking. All right. So who was God? Let's first take a look at a passage of scripture in Psalms chapter 22, verse 19. The Bible says this, and it's a prophetic song. He says, but you, Lord, do not be far from me. You are my strength. Come quickly to me. So the first thing that we can see here about God and the first defining moment that we see within this scripture about who God is, it is simply this. You, God, are my strength. Paul, within the New Testament, and, you know, he, he says it this way. Whenever you're weak, whenever you don't have enough strength on your own, whenever you're vulnerable, whenever you're hurting, Paul says God's strength is made perfect in you. It doesn't say you are made perfect, but God's strength is exampled. God's strength is defined in perfection in you in those times of weakness and in those times of struggle. In other words, every time you're going through a weak season, there's an opportunity for God to show how strong he is, the power that he has, and the presence that he wants to implement and fill within your life. So we know this, that God is my strength. I can't get through. There's been seasons of my life. And I do believe that we can all bear witness to this, that there's been seasons within our lives where we have been faced with moments where we feel absolutely either burned out, weakened, just completely put off, and then we've looked back and we go, how in the world did I get through that? And the answer to that is simply because of God, because of his strength that is made perfect in your circumstance. That tells me for you in your life right now and for all of us within our society and our culture that we are presently living in, even in times of unrest, frustration, even in times of absence, God is always there. His presence is still there and it's made perfect in rest. He is doing what in these times? He is encouraging us. He is protecting us. He is giving to you and I what is absolutely necessary in order for us to get through these moments that we live in. Psalms chapter 31, verse five. David says it this way. I entrust my spirit into your hand. What he's saying there is, God, I'm giving you me. I'm entrusting me and I'm, I'm entrusting you with it. I'm placing this into your hand. And he goes on to say, rescue me, Lord. Rescue me. You are a what? Faithful God. That's number two. God, you are faithful. We've all been in friendships and we've all had relationships within our lives where we've experienced great faithfulness, but we've also experienced great mistrust. There's one thing that I can promise you about God is that you will never experience mistrust. You will never experience lack 
or absence when it comes to him. We know that God is always faithful. There are few things in life that will always be faithful. But I can promise you this, that God will always be faithful. People, you know, they're going to what? They're going to let you down. You're going to go through circumstances that will continue to disappoint, not just in what we're experiencing now as a culture, as a community, but in our lives moving forward in the future. You're going to go through seasons of mistrust. You're going to go through moments where the one moment the economy is up, the next moment the economy is down. There are going to be times when you're going to even let yourself down. But there's one thing that we can always know. There's one truth that we should never allow to leave our thought. And that is this, that God is always faithful. And this is good news for us. The Apostle Paul said within the New Testament that even when we are faithless, God is faithful because he can never disown himself. Scripture says that he is our strength. It says that he is always faithful. And then we see another moment of scripture in Psalms chapter 65, verse five. And it says it this way. You, God, faithful, faithfully answer our prayers with awesome deeds. Now, I want to stop there for a moment within that scripture. Because we've all prayed many prayers. We, we, we've, we've many times really brought a what we would consider as a wish list before God, wanting God to do things that maybe are not lining up with what he has purposed and willed for our lives. You know, when we look at the word blessing, we really look at the word blessing as an open-ended statement and that, that anything that I ask that God's just gonna grant it, let me help you out. That's not necessarily so. God blesses us within our lives with those things that line up with what he's purposed for our lives. Can I help you out with that? I hope so. I hope that you actually understand that for a moment, that God blesses us with the things that he has purposed for our lives. Why? Because these things become necessary in order to fulfill what his plan is. Because listen, I say this all the time because I live it every day within my life and I continually try to remind myself and that is this, you're never truly happy unless you're really living out the desire that God has for you the overall purpose of why he designed you and that he has created you. So you are, God is faithful in answering our prayers with, and I love it, it says with awesome deeds. That means God's purpose for your life is awesome. It's awesome. We should never look at it and go, why have you purposed this for my life? No, understand there's a great truth behind it that God is going to do something great in it. You see, my kids, I, I love my boys to death. Oh my goodness. There's, you know, I, I reflect on it so much that I have a fantastic family and you have a fantastic family. I want to remind you that, that God has blessed these that he has put into your life, blessed you with them. Never lose hold of that. But I, I look at my boys and, and man, they get frustrated with me. They really do. They get agitated with me. And, and especially, you know, when, when I bring times of correction. And, you know, when I, when I do that, I, I reflect, I'm going, I'm really blessing them because I'm trying to give discipline to their lives so that later on, maybe they don't fall into these same um, 
opportunities that, that are falling short. Are, are you following me here? Do you, do you understand what I'm saying? Kind of like we do within our own lives. And, and I do that to give them the understanding and the direction so that they make what better choices. Now they're so young and I know this is a lot of it's going to be repetitive and repetitive and repetitive. But how, how much do you guys know that as we grow, we are to what? Mature. And as we are maturing, the repetitiveness should really decrease and it should become a pattern of life. Well, sometimes us, we, we, we continually go through these disciplined moments. And, and when, let me challenge you with this. When are we going to allow ourselves to mature? When are we going to allow ourselves to mature and take the direction that God is giving us? And, and, and how he's trying to bless us with awesome deeds. You know, God's discipline is awesome. It's a blessing in your life because it's correcting you and it's aligning you with him. So it said, you, God, faithfully answer our prayers with awesome deeds. Oh, God, our savior, you are what the hope of everyone on earth, even those who sail on distant seas. So that leads us into our third thing that we know about God. And that is simply this. God, you are my hope. That our hope is not in a person in leadership or governments or in a system, but that our hope is all powerful. Our hope is all present. Our hope is an all knowing God who spoke and created every single thing in this universe. Your hope should be in Christ Jesus. In fact, Isaiah says it this way in the Old Testament. He says, those who hope is in the Lord he will renew their strength. Do you feel hopeless? Do you feel weak right now? Do you feel like there's moments when, when you know, you're going through seasons of life, you just can't go on? The, the scripture says that we are to have our hope in the Lord because when we do that, he's there to renew us. It says that they will, what, soar on wings like evils. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not faint. Our response should be, my hope is in you, Lord. Because those who know God's name, those who know him intimately with a closeness will also place their trust within him. will also have a faith in him. So God, who are you? Scripture reveals to us that God is our strength. It reveals to us that God is faithful. It reveals to us that God is also our hope. Psalm chapter 75 verse one says this, we thank you, O God. We give thanks to you because you are near. People everywhere tell of your wonderful deeds. James in the New Testament says that whenever you draw near to God, that means every time, every time you're hurting, every time you're afraid, every time you feel unsettled, every time you feel unsure, every time, what? When you draw near to God, he always draws near to you. We know this, that God is not far off. He's not distant. He's not uninvolved. He is loving. He is caring. And he is a compassionate God. So fourthly, we understand this. God, you are near. We know that God is always with us. He's always comforting or his comfort is always there. It's always available to us. He's there to strengthen. 
He's there to bring a hope. He's there to draw us closer to him. You see, what you call God reflects on your relationship with God. David says in Psalms 86, verse five, of who God is, he says it this way, oh Lord, you are what? So good, so ready to forgive. And he's what? So full of unfailing love for all who ask for your help. What is God? He is so good. It's number five. He is so ready to forgive. And he is so loving. I wonder who here is excited that God is so good, that he's so ready to forgive you, that he's so loving. God has a compassion with you. God has developed a passion for you. God just isn't good, but the word says he is so good. Jesus even said, this way, even those of you who are unrighteous, you know how to give good gifts to your children. How much more will your heavenly father who is good, or can I, can I throw that word in there that we just read? So good to give good gifts to those that he loves. God loves you. God has given you such a great gift. God has given you his son, Jesus Christ. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever would believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. He's what? So good. Not just good. He's so good. He's so forgiving. Look, we've all had people do things to us that sometimes we go, I don't know that I could ever forgive them. Let me help you out. To know God means to know forgiveness. To be in relationship with God means to understand what it is to forgive, how it feels to be forgiven and that we must forgive others because God is what? So eager to forgive. He wants to forgive. He wants to draw you away from the, the way that you may have lived at one point and to draw you in to what he has planned for your life. There's nothing like the plan of God. There's nothing like walking in the will of God. And unforgiveness is not part of his will, but forgiveness is. You know, the word tells us within the Psalms that he casts our, 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 our sins, what, as far as the east is from the west understanding that it is gone, not remembered again. And then we know this, that he is so loving. He's loving, he's compassionate, he's understanding. He will embrace you in those times of pain, in those times of hurt. And he will rejoice with you in those times of victory, in those times of excitement. That God is always present in everything. Scripture says he's so ready. He's so right. And that is our good news. That if you, if you let yourself down and, and, and God down, and if you've done something much worse and you feel the weight of your sin, scripture tells us that if we confess our sins, that our God is faithful and just to what forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. God isn't just ready to forgive but he's so ready. He's so 
loving. Psalms 118 reads this way. You are my God and I will praise you. You are my God. I will exalt you and give thanks to the Lord for what he is good. His faithful love endures forever. Know this. Know who God is. God is strength. God is faithful. God is near and God is hope. He is so good that he's ready to forgive and he's ready to love. Now I reflect on the scripture again that says that we are to do something and that is to cast our cares upon him. Why? Because he cares for you. Know that. That God cares for you. You're not insignificant. God does not have an insignificant role for your life. But you are important in God's eyes. The moment when you feel weak, you say, God, you are my strength. When we feel that the world is unstable, we say, God, you are always faithful. When we feel anxious, unsure, or afraid, we say, God, you are my hope. When you feel isolated, alone, or hurting, we say, God, you are always near. When you mess up, because let me help you, you are going to mess up. When you fail, because you are going to fail. When you fall short, because you are going to fall short. When you hurt others, because believe me, you are going to hurt people. When you sin against God, because you are not perfect. God is not just good. He is so good. He's so ready to forget. He is so ready to forgive. He's not just here to love, but he is so ready to love. He is so full of unfailing love for anyone who what? Calls on his name because God is love. He's the essence of love. He's the definition of love. He created love. God is love. Why? Because he sent his son, Jesus Christ, the greatest gift for all mankind. He revealed his heart to all of humanity. God didn't just shout his love, but he showed his love. He's not someone else's God. He is your God. He is the God of those who trust in him. He is the God of those who know his name and they trust his heart. So maybe today you're here on this property and you're hearing this message or maybe you're listening online, watching us online and you're seeing this message and maybe you have felt compelled Maybe you feel a tug in your heart or you're feeling something that you want to know this strength. You want to know that he is near. You want to know that he is so good and that he is so forgiving and that he is so loving. Well, the answer to that is simply this, Jesus Christ. Without Jesus, you cannot experience God's love. You cannot experience his forgiveness 
and you cannot experience his forget for, for his goodness. So my challenge to you today is to accept his son, Jesus Christ. Accept the pull that the Holy Spirit is tugging on your heart right now. And just give in and say, Lord, I want you to be my master and my savior. I want you to close your eyes and bow your heads with me wherever you may be. And if that's you today, in fact, I want all of us to pray this prayer together. But if that's you today, I want you to mean this within your heart. Let's pray this prayer. Lord Jesus, today, I accept you as my Lord and Savior. Today, I ask for you to forgive me my sins. I repent before you. I want you to, I want to know you rather, to be so good, to be so forgiving and to be so loving. And I know that I can only experience that by being in relationship with you. So from this day forward, I will live my life for you and only you. In Jesus' name, amen. Can we give the Lord some praise for that? Amen. Amen. And we rejoice with you. If you uh, are, are, are here today or watching us online and you made that commitment, we rejoice in you and we are so excited and we love you and we want you to know more importantly, God loves you. But now for us who are followers of Christ, sometimes we forget about God's strength. We forget that he wants to draw near. We forget about his lovingness and his kindness, his goodness, and that he is so good. My prayer today is that you have been reminded that even in these unsettled times that we are in and, and whatever the future may hold, that God is good. He wants to draw near to you. He wants to experience life with you. He wants his presence to always be around you. He wants to offer the forgiveness every day within your life. He wants to show continually his compassion and his love when it comes to relationship with you. So never lose hold of that. Never lose sight of that. I want to pray with you before we leave. God, we love you so much. Man, what a great time. What a great gathering to be here with one another. But Lord, I just ask right now that you would help all of us to be reminded of how awesome you are, how great your strength is, how near you want to be, how good you are, how forgiving you are, how loving, Lord, you are to each one of us. Help us, Father, to, to know that in every aspect of our lives, God, that we can cast these cares before you, that we can come before you at any given moment, God, and say, Lord, help. Give me strength because I'm weak right now. Let me feel you, Lord, because I feel so distant from you. Speak into my life, God, because I need to hear your voice. Give me the direction, Lord. Give me the leading, God. God, forgive me because I've done some really dumb things. Help us never lose sight of that, God, that you are continually available to us at all times. Father, we love you. And God, such an uplifting time to be with all of us, God, to be with everyone in whatever platform they're experiencing this service in. Lord, we love you. We thank you 
And God, Lord, I just pray over every person, whatever they may be going through in life, God, bring them the encouragement that they need. God, bring the blessing that lines up with your purpose, plan, and will for their lives. And God, just continue to breathe life into us all. We love you. In Jesus' name we pray. And the church says, amen. Take care, guys. Never be on my lips. Never be on my